Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. You know, when you put the silver and black uniform on, you get such a surge of energy. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. And a lot of football players around the country that want to wear that silver and black. JT The Brick. When you talk about the Raiders, everyone knows you talk about the Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, here's your host, JT The Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you. Final show of the week this Friday on Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. Brought to you by our great friends at Golden Entertainment as they own the Strat with all that entertainment and the best view in the city. Arizona Charlie's and the great taverns that sponsor the monologue 64+. plus Here in the Valley, a great place to watch. The Golden Knights, sports, anything you need. Head on out to PT's from 5 to 7, midnight to 2. Best happy hour in town. Every year, always voted best happy hour in town. Head on out this weekend. And if you're coming into town, a great place to eat, dine, and watch sports as we are ready to roll today. I got a lot happening today, as we always do. We're proud of the show Bobby puts together as executive producer. And we scramble this time of year to try to give you the best show that we have, and we mix in other sports. We'll get into the NBA more in the second hour because this is the NBA's time. Raider news is quiet again today as we're waiting for formal introductions from the coaches and to hear from Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels a little bit more, which is coming with the Combine right around the corner. The Raider Foundation had a great golf tournament where Fred Bolitnikoff made a 75-foot putt. Might have been 95-foot putt. It was one of the greatest putts I've ever seen. It's all it almost broke the Internet. Fred Bolitnikoff on his birthday sinking one of the longest putts in Vegas tournament history right in the bottom of the cup, which is a great thing. And uh, tonight is Metallica. So I thought we'd have some fun today. From time to time, people say, JT, you have to have more fun on the radio. Now, I have a lot of fun in my real life. I try to keep the radio show just on the rails and give you the best content I can. But tonight is Metallica. Now, I'm a big fan of rock and roll. And I like Metallica, but I'm, I have bands that I like more, but I like Metallica a lot. And I'm going tonight with a bunch of friends who are in town, and they are ready to go big. So what I'd like to do in this first hour is talk Metallica, because it's a Raider topic. I was at the concert in the parking lot in 2003 when they played the parking lot of the Oakland Coliseum as the Raiders were about to blow out the Titans and go to the Super Bowl. It's one of the great memories I have in my career with the Raiders, and I got about 40 or 50 on my Mount Rushmore. can only have four, but I got about 40 or 50. Great moments I've been very blessed and lucky to see. So the backstory here is we did most of the pregames back there at the West Side Club, inside the Coliseum in the West Side Club in a studio. And we would do the pregame show back there in 2003. I was the host, and the, the, the guys I worked with were George Atkinson, Artie Gigantino, and David Hum, the former quarterback. And David, who had MS, was back home. Mr. Davis built him a studio in his home so he could do the show. And let me tell you why I remember this for a couple of reasons. And I don't want to get too emotional here with David Hum, who passed away a number of years ago. But David would do the quarterback breakdown. That was his job. So David, we, every pregame show, we'd say, to David, you're going to handle the quarterback of the other team. And David, and I tell his brother Tom, who I work with in our building here at Lotus, this story all the time. David would put together about seven or eight minutes on the opposing quarterback, and he was a maestro. It was beautiful. 
he gave you career stats, regular season stats, short throws, long throws. If you remember, I mean, I got goosebumps telling this. If you remember and you were a Raider fan back then and you were kind enough to remember David Hum on the pregame show, that's what he would do. He wasn't there with us. So when we had to bring him in, we had to bring him in and we gave him a segment on that. So I remember that vividly because David's job that day was to break down Steve McNair, to break down the Titans, and talk about that game. And he was brilliant. So we did that show outside the Coliseum, in that area between where the Warriors play and the Raiders play at the Coliseum. And it was one of the biggest crowds I remember ever doing a pregame show for. There was literally four to 5,000 people in that area going all the way down to the parking lot at the Black Hole. So I'm doing hosting the pregame show, and someone comes up to me on the side of the stage and says, JT, Metallic is setting up in the parking lot. They're going to play a show. And I said, what are you talking about? They said, yeah, they're in the back of the parking lot, and they're setting up, and they're going to perform. I said, you got to be kidding me. So I said, yeah, when the pregame show ends, we got about, you know, 30 minutes or whatever before the game starts. So as soon as the pregame show ends, I go out the back side of the Coliseum and I find my way out to this Metallica concert. Here's how it sounded in 2003 when Metallica took over the Oakland Raiders parking lot in Oakland. Good to see you out here going crazy for your Raiders, baby. I just got to say that uh, this is like a dream come true, man. <laughs> I was born a Raider fan down in L.A. And uh, when I moved up uh, up here, they, they went down to L.A. And uh, I got on a plane, man. I went and saw them for a long time. I've been a season ticket holder for as long as I could have been. And uh, this is like a friggin' dream come true, man. Hey, Mom, I'm playing for the Raiders. Yeah! So, let's see if you know this song. And if you do... Follow us, and if you don't, follow anyway. was that was the intro to that concert that was out there and for the Raider Nation who was there that was a magical moment and that's why that Oakland Coliseum parking lot will never be duplicated it was massive the scene I went back with Bobby today and we looked at the videos and there was about 10 videos on YouTube of the show and there was a couple of fans I recognized right up front there and it was great we'll have more of that throughout Kevin Ioli is going to join us in a little bit the great boxing insider he wrote a brilliant column today on Vitaly Klitschko, who is staying back in Ukraine. He's the mayor of Ukraine, the former heavyweight champion of the world, and he is going to be, he's the mayor of Kiev. He is back there now, and he is going to fight. He is fighting for his life with his brother, Vladimir Klitschko. They are not leaving. They are not running. They are there for the fight against Vladimir Putin in Russia. So I will tie that in to a sports story because it is. Klitschko is a heavyweight champion his brother was a heavyweight champion and they're back there fighting and they're putting their lives in harm's way kevin ioli wrote a brilliant column 
He'll join us coming up here momentarily. I wanted to get that into the show because it's more important than everything else. So that's where we are. I want to hear from fans who are going to Metallica tonight. I want to hear from fans who are connected to the Raiders in Metallica. And even some fans who might not have been there, but they felt like they were there. And it's a badge of honor for them. Stoner dude. Perfect guy to start off the show. Diehard rock drummer, metal drummer. Stoner dude, you had to be there, right? Well, JT, first of all, yes, a hardcore, old-school Metallic fan since 1983. Uh, I saw them also at the, at the L.A. Coliseum when the Raiders were in L.A. 1987 or 86, I believe, at the Monsters of Rock Tour, the hugest, most monstrous mosh pit in the history of mosh pits. Uh, so anyways, yeah, as far as that day, JT, that you talk about that, that monumentous day, and, and speaking of monumentous, the fact that Metallica, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, are playing at the Death Star tonight, that is as awesome as it gets. What a way to really break in that stadium. But anyways, the day of that game, JT, uh, you know, Raiderhead, my band Raiderhead, we played out the parking lot for many years, even before that day. And that morning I was in line. I was the Titans game, the playoff game, the AFC championship game. And I, I heard rumors rumbling, Metallica's playing in the parking lot. I'm like, what? No way, Metallica? And I'm getting ready to set up my drums and set up my music and my band. Uh, we, we set up, we played, and about 100 yards away, the, the way you described it, JT, all of a sudden they pull up in that trailer and they set up and they played in front of thousands of fans. So I, I can say technically, JT, I got to open up for Metallica and then play after Metallica. It was one of the most awesome days of my life, uh, a memory I'll have forever. And, of course, you know, that seals the deal as far as the connection with Metallica, the Raiders, and, of course, uh, James Hetfield being such a fan. And I appreciate that you're dedicating this day to this, JT. What a night it's going to be tonight over there at the Death Star. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks for calling in. It was a great night. I want to dedicate the show to Metallica. I'm going to Billy Joel tomorrow. If you listen to my show, you know I'm a rock fan. I love to go to music. My wife and I go to concerts more than we go to shows. We like to go to concerts. And in Vegas, we, we have all these concerts to go to. And this weekend's like on steroids. And Mark Davis and the vision to come here and everybody behind the scenes who helped build that stadium, Tommy White and the 872 Laborers, to build it so we can have these stadium concerts, a big deal. You know, it's not for everybody. Some, some, you know, you're going to have boy bands play there. You're going to have country acts play there. But every once in a while, Guns N' Roses, Metallica, and they all want to connect to the Raiders. These bands all have a history. They all know sports, and they know the silver and black. So I, I hope, I have no idea what's happening tonight other than Greta Van Fleet, who I really want to see, this young rock band from Michigan, who really has taken over the rock world. They are going to be the warm-up band, and they're going to play early. They're going to go on stage anytime, like at 7 or right after. Doors open up at 6. And I would highly recommend that everybody get there and get there early to see this show. And it's going to be a long night because they're going to, Metallica plays a long show. They play a really long show. Meet me at the Torch either night. We'll have a couple of cervezas up there as our monologue is brought to you by Modelo. Every Friday I have a bucket of Modelos in the backyard. My wife says, when are you going to do it? I take the bucket. I put six Modelos out there, and I just sprinkle them with ice, and I let them melt in the Summerland sun. And they get ready for me, and when I'm done with this show, I pop one and I start my weekend off, and I'll start it off that way. If you went to Metallica, if you're going tonight, 
We want to hear from you in the first hour only because I'm packed with interviews the second hour. Number 702-365-9200. Build it and they will come. Build it and they will come. That's why we have a football stadium here. Some NFL news. Matt Nagy is back with Kansas City as the quarterback coach. And Eric Bieniemy is back with Kansas City as the offensive coordinator coming up here. That is an outstanding coaching staff. Period. Andy Reid's going to the Hall of Fame. I never thought Andy Reid was a Hall of Famer. I didn't when he was with Philadelphia. But he went to the playoffs a lot, went to the NFC Championship game a number of times, went to the Super Bowl and lost with Donovan McNabb. Then he went to Kansas City, and he clearly punched his ticket to the Hall of Fame first ballot. Now, he's only got one Super Bowl, but he's accumulated so many wins lifetime and big wins that Andy Reid is going to the Super Bowl. Andy Reid just spoke at John Madden's memorial up in Oakland. How cool was that? And Raider Nation ribbing him a little bit, but he had fun right back. So that Kansas City coaching staff is pretty good. It looks like this Raider coaching staff with Josh McDaniels is being built up to be pretty good. And we'll see the chemistry of this coaching staff together year one in Las Vegas and how quickly they can get this team up to speed. You know, the key to this new coaching staff is simply this. Red zone offense, red zone defense. We know the offense can do well from the 20 to the 20. They have a premium field goal kicker, an all-pro punter. We know what they have, but can Josh McDaniels get this offense to be a bit more explosive in the red zone? Well, that's what he does. That's what Josh McDaniels does. He's the type of guy that will open up the offense and take shots and probably help Derek Carr get the ball in the end zone a little bit more. And then on the defense, with Graham as a defensive coordinator with the Giants and what he's done in the past, there should be an improvement with the Raiders' red zone defense because the Raiders' red zone defense was pretty bad last year, even though there were a lot of changes that were made. So we'll talk more about that coaching staff. Kevin Ioli is one of the premier columnists in all the sports. He covers MMA and boxing. You know I think the world to him, and we always have him on. And today as I was prepping for the show, I saw his recent column at Yahoo!, Vitaly Klitschko, an outspoken Putin critic, may have signed his own death warrant. This column is fantastic and tells you what's happening with Ukraine and Russia and one of the most popular, two of the most popular boxers of all time. Kevin, thanks for joining us. And as as we begin, I want to go behind the scenes and how you thought about this column and how much work and thought went into it as you wanted to put it together. Well, you know, I mean, it it was a labor of love because – you know, while war is one of the worst things that, you know, man does upon another, um, you know, the Klitschko brothers are just amazing uh, human beings. And, you know, what they have done uh, for their country and for the world, you know, a lot of people ignored some of the stuff they did when they were fighting. You know, they did so many charitable acts. Uh, they were involved in UNICEF very heavily and just a, a number of charities. And, then to see them, you know, 10 years ago or almost 10 years ago in the protest uh, in Ukraine and, and mm-hmm. leading the protest and, um, and looking for democracy. I mean, you know, it, it's like it made you proud to know them. And so I just felt like, you know, when this thing was going on and you realize, hey, you're going up against Vladimir Putin. And that's no joke. You know, that's not, uh, you know, like ripping a county commissioner or ripping, you know, Governor Sisolak or whoever. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you're talking about. Uh, one of the most ruthless uh, people in the world. 
and um, the courage that they're showing, JT, and the leadership they're showing. I just I could not write something and say how I felt about these guys and try to show uh, the world what they're doing. Kevin Ioli joins us. As you write, Vitaly Klitschko is the mayor of Kiev. He has never run from a fight before and isn't about to now. This one, though, is one that may kill him. And as we watch the beginning of this war, and people are saying, well, Ukraine is not going to surrender. They're not going to come out of their apartments in their homes and surrender. They're going to fight, and there could be an insurgency, and it could last months. And I would think that the Klitschkos are going to be a big target of Putin and the Russian government because of how big and high profile he is if they don't surrender and they don't lay down their arms. As you thought about putting this column together, how dangerous could this be very quickly here in a matter of days? Yeah, no, I mean, I think uh, it's, a, it's a life or death situation. There's no doubt about it. I mean, yeah. a lot of times in a war, you know, you try to do a decapitation strike and take the, uh, the leaders of the other side out. And while uh, Vitaly in particular is not the leader of the country, I think he's the emotional leader. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, President Zelensky is the leader of the country, uh, but he doesn't have the kind of uh, impact that the other, uh, you know, that Vitaly has and, that, and to a lesser degree, you know, Vladimir has. And, um, it, you know, so I think that they have to be high on the list of, you know, people that uh, Putin would like to see take out because I think you take them out and that changes the whole dynamic and how the people look. You know, I think I think the Klitschko's are making uh, the ordinary citizen, people like you and me, they're making them brave. Hey, look, if these guys are going to go out there and fight, let's get behind them and fight with them. And if they're gone, then, you know, to, is there anybody else that will lead and get those people out in the streets to defend their country? And I don't know that there is. If you look back, and I want to spend a few moments talking about his career, 47 fights, 45-2 and two. Uh, you know, I was at the Lennox Lewis fight. I remember being in L.A. and seeing him one day, Kevin, in a sweatsuit in Beverly Hills because he was yeah. living there, if I'm correct, back in the day. Yeah, and he lived in L.A., of, yes. Yeah, he, he was a guy who was living in Beverly Hills and in L.A., and the guy wanted to go back to his country to support his country, and there's always political strife and this issue there, and this guy could have lived in the life of luxury in the United States for the rest of his life with all of his millions of dollars, very courageous. He loves his homeland. He and his brother and his family would stay there and want to have a piece of this fight here. What are you hearing and sensing behind the boxing community as everybody's starting to come together? And I'm also hearing there's a couple of other Ukrainian fighters, one who is fighting and is about to go back there and help the war effort. Well, uh, Victor Postal is fighting Saturday at uh, yeah. the Cosmopolitan on a uh, card that people can see on Showtime. And he is from Ukraine. Um, I don't know how much involved he is going to get. Uh, Victor is fighting Gary Russell on uh, Saturday, and it's a tough fight for him. He's a big underdog in the fight. He's a former world champion who needs to win JT in this fight to keep himself in the mix you know, for another title shot. He, he feels like he can still win a title and be a viable champion again, so he wants to get that. And imagine what he's going through preparing for a fight you know, in a lot of ways, the fight of his life. And he's got his wife and twin sons uh, over there and war breaks out. I mean, it's just an amazing, uh, and I spoke to Victor uh, a couple times this week uh, as I wrote uh, two stories on his uh, thing. At first, he was trying to ignore the news and hope against hope that, you know, Russia didn't invade and that his family would be safe and the country would would remain uh, the way it was. And then once uh, 
once the attack did happen, you know, he had to admit that uh, he's got to get back right away. And he doesn't know how he's going to get in. Uh, he's he's going to fly to Poland and maybe walk across the border and try to find a way to get. He lives in a city called Brovery, which is about 20 kilometers from uh, Kiev. The great boxing insider and writer, also MMA, Kevin Ioli, for a few more minutes. And Kevin... The Klitschko fight against Lennox Lewis, we were both there for that. One of the worst cuts I've ever seen that Klitschko suffered and wanted to continue to go on. Before the seventh round, the ringside doctor inspected the wound, deemed it too severe enough to threaten eye damage if struck again, stopping the fight as Klitschko. I remember emotionally what he looked like at that time. and. I agreed with that because I've, I've never seen a cut that deep and intense from one big man to another. Yeah, I mean, it was an amazingly deep cut. I mean, I think I wrote at the time you could put a walnut in it. That's how yeah. big it was. And um, and he, he still wanted to fight. And he was one of the few guys that Lennox Lewis fought that was giving Lennox a lot of trouble. I mean, I think at the end of six, Lennox was up four to two on the cards. But, you know, those rounds were close. Um, and it was a really good competitive fight. And it's a shame that he did not get a chance to uh, continue and, and have that fight go to a natural conclusion. I understand the doctor was uh, Dr. Paul Wallace, who was a plastic surgeon. And if he's stopping and saying there's a problem, you know that that is a, a big issue. But, you know, life of the Klitschko's now is so much more than boxing. And what they're doing is just remarkable. And, and it, it, we call sports uh, stars heroes all the time. And, you know, if you want to call them heroes, great. But these guys are heroes in life, and these men are just as admirable as can be, and, and God bless them, and uh, I just can't say enough good things about uh, both Vladimir and Vitaly. And Vladimir, who you wrote about, joined the Ukrainian Army Reserves, and he'll fight shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder with his brother. Yes, he will. Uh, he, you know, he uh, signed up for the reserves and went back. He was living in the U.S. Uh, and left the U.S. to go over there to get to Ukraine. He's been posting a lot of stuff to, uh, you know, trying to uh, uh, get democracy and trying to get the, um, people uh, involved and behind the cause and uh, tell them not to be afraid. Um, so the, the two of them, you know, they both, you know, you, you think of them, they have PhDs, and, I mean, how many good things they've done. And I remember the first time that I interviewed um, Vladimir, Vitaly wasn't here yet, and I sat with Vladimir, and he told me, that he said the first time he got to the, um, his, when his brother came back from the States, on his first trip to the States, he brought uh, Vladimir a bottle of water. And Vladimir opened the water and he sniffed it, but he wouldn't drink it because he said he wanted to breathe the air from the United States. The water came from the U.S. and he wanted to breathe the air of freedom. And just like I think he was 13 years old at that time uh, when that when that happened to think that a 13 year old kid thinks that way. And he's been that way sort of all his life. uh, These guys are remarkable. Kevin, finally, this is such a great column. You know how much I respect our friendship and your work. This is such an important moment in the history of sports around the world that the Klitschko brothers are in harm's way and they're putting their life on the line. I hope they get through this. We obviously don't know what's going to happen, but I can't imagine what the rest of the boxing world is thinking at this point in time. These great fighters and former champions are beloved around the world, and I think it's going to galvanize the boxing community. Do you expect that in upcoming fights and announcements before and what happens as boxers talk more and more about this? Well, I will say this, JT, give uh, the WBO credit, the president, Paco Volcarcel. Not a lot of people say good things about the sanctioning bodies in boxing, and with good reason. 
But uh, Paco Volcarcel said today that the WBO is very seriously thinking of banning any uh, uh, championship fights in Russia or any championship fights involving Russian fighters until the country pulls out of Ukraine. It's a small thing, and of course, I don't think it'll. Uh, uh, it's just a symbolic gesture, but I, and I don't think it will affect Vladimir Putin. But it's just another st- uh, chip they're throwing on the pile of all this condemnation of Putin that's coming down. Alex Ovechkin, God bless him, a Russian, uh, talk, uh, spoke out against the war today. Um, so, you know, it's starting to happen, and hopefully these voices that are coming forward uh, will convince Putin to uh, withdraw his troops and, and uh, negotiate some kind of peace settlement. Say hi to the swing doctor, Tom Fisher out at Paiute, the best golf pro in all of Las Vegas, a champion, the best teacher I've ever seen. I owe him a visit out there to fix my short game. Have fun hitting balls, and I'll see you soon, my friend. Thank you, brother. See you soon. You got it. Kevin Ioli. Wow. I mean, talk about the most important sports column in America today, and we got the writer on. I texted him, and I looked at that column, and I said, Vitaly Klitschko and Vladimir Klitschko, are in Kiev and they're ready to fight and they are all ready to go and these guys aren't going to back down these guys aren't coming out of a building saying with a white flag we surrender these guys are going to be the guys that the Russians want to get to first and they're not leaving and they are world renowned and great human beings and ambassadors not only to boxing but to humanity and all the charity work that they've done and what they decided to do to live in their homeland instead of living in Beverly Hills in New York City and having the life in America that they loved. And the boxer who's fighting here, is, as Kevin mentioned, at the Cosmopolitan this weekend, afterwards he's getting on a plane, going back, and he might go. he's going through Poland, and he's going to walk through the border to fight. I mean, this is incredible what's happening, everybody. We stick to sports on this show, but this is a big deal. Everybody remembers the Klitschkos, and they were clunky with their style and the way they fought, but they won world championships, and they threw bombs, and they were great fighters, and they were great people. I went to their fights, and they were tremendous, tremendous to Las Vegas, to Los Angeles, to New York where they fought. Really great world champions, and they are in harm's way, and this is going to be a massive story here over the next couple of days and the next couple of weeks. All right, that's segment number one. We went a little bit long. When we come back, we want to get back to Metallica tonight. Where are you pregaming? What are you doing? You're cranking it up. Bobby's playing Metallica today. If you went to the 2003 concert in the Coliseum parking lot, get on the phone with me. Tell me about it. And if you're going tonight, are you wearing your Raider gear? Because you know they're going to acknowledge the Raider Nation. JT, brought to you by Modelo. The bucket of Modelo is on ice on a Friday on the flagship of the Silver and Black. Right now, I have the title from Lennox Lewis title. But have you seen Lennox Lewis? I mean, it looks like he's been going to the same buffets as I have. I mean, the guy's blown up since he retired. What yes, happened? Lennox, after the fight, after our fight, uh, promised to give me a match. And after the last fight, he sent his fighter to me, and I beat Corey Sanders. And Lennox, like gentleman, coming to my in my dressing room yeah. to congratulate me with world title, with his title. Did he give you food? <laughs> That was Vitaly Klitschko leading up to the Lennox Lewis fight. JT back with you. He's fighting in Ukraine, will be fighting, taking up arms against Russia. Biggest story in all of sports. 
biggest story in all of sports. Nothing's even close as the war has begun, and there's a couple of athletes on the front line and two of the greatest boxers of their era. 702-365-9200 if you're going to Metallica. If you remember the Metallica concert in Oakland, I thought we'd hear from some Oakland diehards today up in the biggity-biggity-o if you went to that show. What was your memory of it? And then going in and watching the Raiders smash the Titans on the way to the Super Bowl, 702-365-9200. There's big news in the NFL in regards to the broadcast booth. Troy Aikman leaving Fox to go to ESPN in Monday Night Football. And if Joe Buck doesn't go, and Joe Buck would be crazy to leave Fox. He's number one in baseball. He's number one in football. He'd be nuts to leave. Troy Aikman's good. Troy Aikman's not iconic as, a, as an analyst. He's not. And Joe Buck can move in with someone else and, and do a great job. Joe Buck has too much to lose. and very, A lot of people are critical of Joe Buck on play-by-play. I don't understand that. I don't understand how many people are critical of Joe Buck, and he has the two biggest—he has the two biggest deals that we've talked about. Two biggest deals. He does the World Series, and he does the Super Bowl, and he's on the number one team in Aikman bolted. So Al Michaels, who everybody thought was going to Amazon, he could possibly go to Monday Night Football with Aikman, and then Yahoo Sports. Frank Schaub reporting today. Sean Payton reportedly negotiating with Fox to join the number one broadcast team which to me is a bit of a reach because Sean Payton's a good guy, real good guy, and I know some coaches here in Vegas that worked with him in the past and think the world to him. Sean Payton is a potential Hall of Fame coach. Many people believe that he's going to go to the Cowboys when Jerry Jones gets rid of Mike McCarthy, and I don't know when that's going to happen. If Mike McCarthy goes to the Super Bowl, he's not going to get fired. But Sean Payton is part of that Parcells tree. Jerry Jones loves him. So there's a carousel happening in NFL circles, and it has to do with what's happening with Troy Aikman and a massive deal that he's getting from ESPN. And I'm surprised that ESPN is paying him Tony Romo money to end up going there. That's the big winner in all this is that Troy Aikman is leaving Fox because he could make a lot more money going to ESPN. Mike McCarthy of Front Office Sports reported that Fox is negotiating with Peyton, who recently stepped away from the Saints, potentially to join Joe Buck, on the number one broadcast team. A lot of people thought that he would go into the studio show. He'd be on the pregame show and they would groom him for that. Front office sports reported that former Carolina Panther tight end Greg Olson is also a possibility for that job. If Sean Payton does join Fox and went immediately to the number one team, it wouldn't be unprecedented. Tony Romo went right to CBS's number one broadcast team after he retired from the Cowboys to work with Jim Nance. And Romo remains the highest-paid all-time analyst in the NFL. All-time. Tony Romo. And Troy Aikman reportedly is getting close to Romo money. And then you got Chris Collinsworth, who's one of the best. He's the lead analyst for NBC. And what is NBC going to do with Mike Tirico and the names that they have there? I never thought it would get to this point. I never thought it would get to this point that we would be talking about these analysts. We're talking first-time analysts, not guys like John Madden. Remember when Coach Madden took over and he started off at CBS, who was his first guys that he worked with? Gary Bender, Bob Costas. He worked with Pat Summerall, and then him and Summerall became the, the greatest team of all time. Then he moved to NBC, ABC, after he left, uh, went to Fox, and then he hit all the networks along the way and got better and better and better. I, would, I think John Madden would love to know 
his legacy is the fact that all these other coaches can come in now and former players and make this type of money. It's incredible to see the money that's being made. And the reason why these salaries are going up in broadcasting is simply one reason. Amazon. The richest man in America, Jeff Bezos, who owns Amazon, one of the biggest companies in the world, worth billions upon billions of dollars, is getting into this business. And he could buy up all these networks if he wanted to. So, of course, he could pay for whoever he wants. And he has to make a splash on Thursday night football. Amazon doesn't want to come in. Remember when NFL Network started putting on Thursday night football? No one could find it. No one understood it. Well, that's not going to happen with Amazon. Everybody in America does business with Amazon. Believe me, they'll find this broadcast on Thursday night. But who's going to be there if Al Michaels bolts to go work with Troy Aikman? So as I hosted my show last night, I said, who's the best booth that you can put together? If you can put together the dream team, that would be a play-by-play voice and an analyst, who would you go with? I would go for the analyst, Tony Romo. I would. I think Romo's that special. He came in as the highest paid. He's delivering. Romo's unbelievable. Bit quirky, a little bit bizarre at times. When it comes to predicting a play in advance and calling a game, he's great. He works with Jim Nance, who's also the gold standard. But I would go Joe Buck and Tony Romo, and I know that's going to make some people's heads pop. I I think Joe Buck's great. I've never had a criticism of Joe Buck as a broadcaster. And then my favorite guy, you know, we work with Brett Musburger. God, Brett Musburger, what a legend he is. But I think pound for pound, the best play-by-play voice right now tonight in all of sports is Kevin Harlan. Kevin Harlan is the best on radio. He's fantastic on TV. Plus, he does the NBA on top of being brilliant with football. I think Kevin Harlan deserves a bigger platform. He's amazing. Mike in Staten Italy calling in as he's visiting Vegas, as he often does. Is Billy Joel's in town, Mikey. You came in to see a New York state of mind. Welcome back. Hey, JT. Well, hey, first I want to answer that question. You know, I'm going to somebody. I love Howard Cosell in the box. I'll put Howard Cosell now. Could you imagine how much he would flourish now with gambling oh. legal? Uh, and, and my dream team would be Howard Cosell and Brett Musburger. That would be my dream team. But I, I guess I'm old school with that, JT. You know, Mikey, you're right about that. We can't go and bring back that right. legend. We can't go bring him back Cosell. But how how amazing would it be if Brett Musburger yeah. and, and Howard were allowed to talk gambling? Yeah, we're, we're giving us gambling tidbits throughout the course of a game. Right now, it would be perfect. Yeah, well, again, my favorite uh, TV sitcom back in the day was uh, The Odd Couple with Jack Klugman, and that was the greatest scene ever when, when, when Oscar Madison's in the Monday night booth with Howard Cosell and he was talking about gambling. It was, it, it was just a classic, classic episode. Hey, JT, I hate to bring the show down a little bit, and, and, and I, I know you don't do politics, But right now, what's happened in the Ukraine, and I'm going to put it towards the sports world, Mm. that when when I read an article this morning about the two Klitschko brothers are going to man man a machine gun and try to fight the Russians, we're not talking the 1980 Olympics, where where a bunch of uh, high school and college kids beat beat the Russians on the ice. You know, and and Vladimir Klitschko is the mayor of Kiev. And they're going to try. I mean, this has tragedy written all over it. And and now this is getting real for the. And also, the heavyweight champion in the world, other than Tyson Fury, is a Ukraine boxer. And he says that he's going to uh, defend the country. I mean, this, JT, it's 2022. 
And I hate to bring sports and politics into the into the conversation, but they're going to listen. You're going you're going to man a machine gun against the Russian army. I mean, yeah. it has disaster written all over it, and they're going to go door to door looking. And especially that Klitschko is a politician too. It, it, it I mean, it, I'm just yeah. cringing. JT, we're too old in the tooth, but our kids are going to have to pay for this. Yeah, thanks, Mikey. Appreciate the call. Again, when it comes to the Klitschko brothers fighting for Ukraine, and how do you fight? How do you fight the Russian military? They're that big. How do you even consider fighting them as they are in Kiev or right, right outside of Kiev, and he's the mayor of that uh, city? How do, you even, how do you fight them? How do you even come out and show your face with those tanks and air support and helicopters and all that? And he's not going to surrender. So everybody was talking about this, and it's really big on social media today. You can't hide if you're a Klitschko brother. If you're the president of Ukraine, you can't hide as you're asking the country to fight back. So I really believe Vladimir Klitschko and Vitaly Klitschko are going to get in the streets, and they're going to fight at some point in time unless something changes here drastically and Putin pulls back. And there was talk about that today on the news. Uh, Would they surrender? Would they surrender because they're overpowered? in Kiev, and would they do it? And it doesn't seem like they're going to surrender. So this could get it really ugly and really ugly quickly. I'm talking in hours in the next couple of days here. And I know the sports world is thinking about this. They're thinking about this big time. 702-365-9200. We're talking Metallica. If you're going to the show tonight, let us know. That, that, that stadium holds a lot of people, and a lot of those people listen to us. If you're coming in from out of town, you're going to the show. If you can connect the Raiders to Metallica, let us know, man. What am I doing here? I, I should have took the day off and went in, the, went in the parking lot with my bucket of Modellos and put Metallica on. Let's get some Metallica fans here. They're fans of the show. They've been with us since back in the day, since the early 2000s. We know that for sure. 702-365-9200. Also next hour... Andre Snellings is going to join us. He's an ESPN senior writer, and he was a part of the panel that came up with the 75 greatest players of all time and ranked them most underrated and most overrated. Interesting. Looking forward to talking to him. Also, my podcast partner, Tom Looney, will make a Friday appearance, All Things L.A., and what we're talking about on our podcast this week, so we're excited about that. And Johnny Katz. John Katzalamidis from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, our entertainment insider, who will tell us what's happening this weekend. When is it? Sunday. 3.30. Next Sunday. Or this Sunday? This Sunday. <laughs> who are they playing that day? Titans, again. Tennessee. Do they have a team? Tennessee. I don't follow this stuff, man. So you. No, but you just asked that question. Is there nice Yeah, but you have to be patient okay. with me. This stuff doesn't register, man. You know, I don't. I don't know jack about this. You know, if you're really psyched about it, then tell us, or at least I'd like to know if you're really psyched about it, because it's a pretty big thing to mount in four days. If it's not a big deal, but if it's something. You know what, guys? It would really be cool for me if we could do this, then, you know, say that. Okay. This is probably the best scenario we could have. (laughs) If we're talking about next time, you know, Monday Night Football, the Raiders or something, that might be cool too, but this is cooler.
That's James Hetfield and Metallica. You heard Lars talking about it. They weren't aware of this concert in the stadium parking lot, the Oakland Coliseum in 2003. James Hetfield came up with the idea. He initially wanted to play in the Coliseum at halftime. They weren't going to do that for a number of reasons, clearly. You can imagine it's a championship game on the way to the Super Bowl. You, you can't pull that off in four days. So if you go back and look at the history of that, you can find it on YouTube. James Hatfield told the band that he wanted to do this and play for the Raiders in the parking lot, and they were all like, well, you got to let us know, man. It's four days away. How are we going to pull this off? And then Bob Rock and a couple other guys sat in the room and said, we can do this. I'll mix it. Let's get out there. And then his history was made when it came to the Raiders and Metallica, and Metallica's playing tonight at the brand-new Allegiant Stadium. If you're going to the show, we got a few minutes left. Tell us about it. Where you tailgating, what you're doing, 702-365-9200. And I don't know what's happening, but I'm privy to some people that were in there for the stage setup and the sound check and all that, but it's going to be big. They're going to play a long, long set, as they do, and the warm-up band is Greta Van Fleet, and they're one of the best young rock bands in the world. In the world, they're the new hot young rock band, and they're playing, and they're going to play early. They're going to come on anytime after 7 p.m. as doors open at 6. So a lot of fans need to get there early tonight if you're going to the show. Let us know about it. We're going to get into the NBA a little bit more next hour uh, because that's what I need to do here until the Raiders have some breaking news and some announcements. And we got more Raider talk going here. I'm pivoting to the NBA and to the Golden Knights here and concert talk like I'm doing today with back-to-back concerts here in town. Uh, Warriors won last night, beating the Blazers 132-95. to uh, Warriors are now starting their second-half run trying to get to a championship. And if they're able to do this, they're going to have to do it in the second half and really catch up. And with Chris Paul being out for Phoenix for probably another five to six weeks, the Warriors are poised here to go on their big run. They're looking for some separation there. In the Eastern Conference, there are some issues, clearly with Brooklyn, if Kyrie's able to play at home. But you know who's in first place in the Eastern Conference now? The number one seed, the Chicago Bulls, Miami Heat. The Bulls are a half a game up on the Heat. The Sixers are third. Milwaukee, the world champs, are fourth. And then you got Boston, the hottest team on the road, are sixth. And the Western Conference, a big lead. Phoenix has a a six-and-a-half game lead. Seven in the loss column on the Warriors. So without Chris Paul playing, Phoenix has won eight in a row. The Warriors have won six out of their last ten. And the Warriors need to pick up some games now as Chris Paul is going to be out. Memphis is the three seed. And the Lakers are getting really close, everybody. This Lakers story is getting really close to them being out of the playoffs. I think they're going to get in because of the nine seed. And Portland's behind them four games out. Big Al in San Francisco, big NBA fan who works the Warriors game. Big Al, I didn't know that the Warriors are seven out behind Phoenix in the loss yeah. column. I thought they were a little bit yeah. closer than that. Well, they had a bad. They've had a bad run in the you know in the last couple of games. They lost that really bad game to Denver right before the you know right before mm-hmm. the break, and uh, they've lost a couple bad games during the, that stretch. And Phoenix has just been unstoppable. Uh, they're not going to catch Phoenix. They're too far away. There's not enough games. The Warriors only have 23 or 24 left. Uh, they're not going to catch them. And uh, the, the key right now is to keep the home court against Memphis in the second round because uh, Memphis is tough. They're, and they're really, really tough. And uh, Warriors don't match up well against them, so they're going to want all the advantages that they can. 
you know, the one thing about the Warriors that people um, are, I think they're kind of forgetting is like everybody's like, well, how come the Warriors aren't make, didn't make a trade move at the trade deadline? And why didn't the Warriors make a move, you know, in, or have, how come they have not made a move in the buy-in market? But the fact of the matter is they are making a move in the buy-in market. They're getting their number two draft pick last, from last year back uh, at a much cheaper rate, who's a hell of a player, who hasn't, unfortunately hasn't played this year. So they are improving their roster. And they're going to get Draymond back. And that obviously improves their roster because he's arguably their best all-around player. And when they talk about the trade-in market, well, they didn't have to do that because they were getting a three-time all-star named Clay Thompson back. The Warriors are poised to go to, to make a deep run in the playoffs. Stay healthy, acclimate these guys back in because they'll be back in the lineup within, about a, within a week to 10 days. Get them back in the lineup, and the Warriors will just be fine. Thanks, Big Al. Appreciate it. Yeah, I think the Warriors will be fine. Warriors are pretty loaded there in the two seed. Uh, but Phoenix deserves to be the team to beat. Phoenix's record is 49-10. and 49-10. and 10. And they're putting up 113 points a game. I mean, with all this LeBron James talk, and we're going to have some next hour, we're going to have a couple of guests as we talk more about the NBA final hour of the week. Uh, but the Lakers story is massive because the Lakers can't figure it out. And in sports, when you're an NBA team, you can figure it out with your stars. If you're an NFL team and you lose a right tackle and a receiver blows out his knee, you're done. You, you put in backups as a big drop-off. But in the NBA, if you have your stars playing and they're all healthy, In the playoffs, if Anthony Davis comes back healthy, LeBron's going to be healthy, Russell Westbrook healthy, Carmelo healthy, they got to have a chance to get out of the first round. But if they play in this little playing losers bracket to come into the playoffs and they got to open up against Phoenix or the Warriors in the first round, the Lakers are going to get beat. And if the Lakers are able to knock out Phoenix or the Warriors in the first round, or maybe Memphis, depending on where they they are, that's going to be a big story. Because then LeBron will have a big win in front of him to start the playoffs and a lot of momentum to keep it going. All right, everybody, uh, next hour coming up, and we want to thank all of our partners this week, all of our partners, and we have a couple of new, big new clients who are coming on board with us, partners of ours that we're hopefully going to announce here in the next week or two. Uh, We're excited about what we have with our programming leading up to the NFL draft and March Madness. So as much as we have this big concert weekend here with Metallica, and Billy Joel, right behind that is March Madness. And it's really vibrant in this town. With the WCC, what goes on at the Orleans, what we have happening over at the other venues here in town as the Pac-12's in town. Love that event. And we haven't had the Pac-12 in two years since the cancellation due to COVID and then the cancellation last year. So we, we have fans. And we're going to have fans back here in Vegas and a lot of fans coming in for that first weekend kickoff of March Madness. I'm taking off some time in early March to head back to Florida to see some family, my parents, and then we're going to be ready and our head is down in focus for this draft and how great it's going to be. So find the show at JT The Brick. You can find our new podcast. Looney's going to join me at the top of the hour. We're going to have some fun going over what we podcast this week. Uh, The reaction to the Rams Super Bowl parade, which looked to be a little bit of a dud and what L.A. can do next time if they get another Super Bowl parade and what they can learn from on that. Also, we'll talk to a gentleman who's going to be a lot of fun to talk about as he's rating the most overrated and underrated players on the all-time 75th anniversary team. And how about the players who didn't show up? The players who blatantly didn't show up. I think that's a big story. And then Johnny Katz, our entertainment reporter. We have him every two weeks, and 
He's got a lot to talk about. He says this is one of the biggest weekends in Vegas for music. And we'll go over some of the other shows other than what's happening at Allegiant. Hour number two coming back next. Always keep it here all day long, all night long on Raider Nation Radio.